sort of ridiculous uh, animations that have been used, animated drawings like the ginger, the genderbred person or the gender unicorn. Uh, yeah, 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 have. Hmm. Yeah, and so those are being pushed forward very hard in institutions all across Canada, elementary schools, junior high schools, the military, the mm-hmm. police, you name it, where there's this tremendous mm-hmm. emphasis on the social construction of identity, and it's as if the social constructionists have taken to the law to enforce what they cannot prove scientifically, what they failed to prove scientifically, mm-hmm. or, or what's even been disproved scientifically, which would be a more accurate way of thinking about it, and the fact that there's an all-out assault on on biology by the left is unbelievably um, ominous in my estimation. Yeah, I, I agree. Just two things on that. We've got an article coming out on Quillette written by two evolutionary psychologists on the the false dichotomy between sex and gender, and they give it some historical context. So. The false, the, the false dichotomy, I think, started with Mooney. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's, and then it was weaponized by feminists um, to deny biology and, and to deny sex differences, basically. Um, yeah, so that's a, re- a very strange thing for feminists to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, one, absolutely. one of the things that James Damore has just pointed out lately, he's the guy that wrote that memo for Google, um, mm. is that. The problem with denying the sex differences is that you automatically make the argument that if there are sex differences, essentially they're making the argument that the female differences are something like inferior, because why in the yeah. world would you object to their existence otherwise? And you exactly. know, Demore's memo was actually quite careful because he said, well, we should take a look at these differences, and if we want to maximize the economic utility of women, which seems to be mm. a reasonable thing to do, then we should actually have a serious discussion about what the differences are and see if we can set up our institutions so that we can take advantage of the of the difference in perspective and, and orientation that the two sexes might bring to bear on the on the workplace and on on economic issues in general. Mm. And you know, you see yeah. some of that happening because people are starting to sort themselves out into occupations by sex essentially and you know, the long-term social consequences of that aren't obvious, and, and we don't know how to balance that, but it, it's, it, doesn't, it isn't necessarily the case that it's a bad thing. No, yeah, and, and I, my position has always been that women have probably more to lose when sex differences are denied. I think because of women's biological clock and the, the fact that we bear much more of a burden when it comes to child bearing and child rearing, if you deny that, you know, women pay a huge price. If, if you deny the fact that what women go through to, to have, bear children, like firstly I think we need to separate mothers out from women. There's, a, there's sort of a conflation when we talk about things like the gender gap where there's a lot of the rhetoric implies that all women are discriminated against. The women who pay a penalty are mothers. Right. And we, sh- we need to talk about that more. And we, we shouldn't um, minimize the, the work and the sacrifice and, and all of the, 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 the costs and the um, energy that women pour into that. And I think when we deny sex differences, we sort of, um, we we do we minimize and we um, uh, sort of dismiss 
everything that women do that is female normative, yeah. such as caring and, and, and working for others and, and sacrificing pay for their children and, you know, all of these things. Right. And it, and, mm. Right. Well, no, I, I, I agree with you completely. My daughter just had a baby a month ago, you know, and we were talking to her last night. She's trying to finish up her degree. She's also had some health problems that have interfered with that. And, you know, she was talking to us last night about, and she looked tired. She had bags under her eyes. And I mean, she's very happy to have the baby and it's going very yeah. well and all of that. But the first year after you have a baby, you're basically done. You you know, yeah. you don't get you don't get any sleep. You're you're absolutely overwhelmed, especially for the first six months with a new infant. Especially if you're a first time mother, because like, what the hell do you know about taking yeah. care of this incredibly complicated thing? And it produces all sorts of biochemical changes, and it's really hard on your body. And there's a long recovery period, and you're much more dependent on your familial structure than you were before. And yeah. yeah. And, the, I, I like, I like. I mean, it's crazy that we even have to have this conversation. But I like your distinction between women and mothers. And you know, there's the, one of the problems that I've had with with classic feminism, if you could use that term, is that there's absolutely no respect built into it for the maternal role. And I really think that that's that's appalling on a variety of levels, including appalling for men. Because like one of the things I've experienced is that I've had a pretty intense career. I would say. I've been very fortunate in that manner, and I've had a lot of familial support and support for my wife for that. And, you know, we kind of parsed our life out in a relatively uh, traditional manner because she was quite interested in having children by the time we got together. And um, I was perfectly willing to go along with that if if I could also continue what my, my career pursuits, which were also necessary for our financial stability. But for me... Like the domestic realm has been an incredibly meaningful part of my life. Like I, I, I'm really happy in my marriage I'm, and blessed, I would say, in my marriage. And I loved having kids. And and for me, my home has always been a refuge from from the insanity of the world in some sense. And I think our society is it's it's so crazily skewed towards public performance. Let's say yeah. that, that we've denied mm-hmm. the utility of. The domestic sphere, and that really is terrible for women, because, mm. for, for, especially with regards to kids, because that is their, that is the role that they dominate, let's say, or or, mm. or dominate that they contribute most mightily to. Let's put it that way, and yeah. it, it's almost as if our society regards that as kind of an epiphenomena, you know. And I think it's crazy. I think it makes people miserable. I do too, and I understand why the early feminists sort of downplayed the domestic sphere because they they were trapped in the domestic sphere and they wanted opportunities and i'm a i'm one of those women who would have been an early feminist probably because i crave intellectual stimulation and i would have been if i never had an opportunity to have a career i would have been bored and that kind of thing but now in in 2017, I can go and get a job as a psychologist. I can run a website and, you know, I, I can do everything that a, a man can, but I'm still biologically a female. And so when it comes to having kids, the cost is on me. And the women in my life, for example, um, my, my own mother who's super maternal and comes and helps with the children, I see how we we don't give that status and prestige anymore and it's it's just this... Uh, male normative sphere where 
you can monetize something or something, like you said, public performance. We, we afford that status and prestige, but this invisible caring work that women are so good at and some women are exceptional at, it's, it's afforded no prestige whatsoever. It's often the opposite. You know, I noticed when my mm. wife had little kids, for example, even though our little kids were very well behaved, that she was treated, she wasn't treated well in, in the public sphere. She wasn't treated well in restaurants. I, I think people were afraid. I think that was part of it in, in some sense. You know, they were afraid that if she showed up in a public place with children, that there would be a disruption of one form or another. So, but it was certainly the case that I would say she received the opposite of respect. And, you know, yeah. I've looked deeply into archetypal symbolism and the function that it plays. And of course, one of the divine images that sits at the bottom of Western culture, and not only Western culture, is the image of the divine mother. You know, the mother of the savior of humanity, which is an archetypal idea, because every baby has the possibility of growing up to be a redemptive figure. You know, that's, that's the reason that that's an archetypal figure is because any society that doesn't worship it, so to speak, doesn't give it a, a, a very high value, will mm. perish. You know, mm. and the fact of the declining, the catastrophically declining birth rate in the West is a real example of our willful blindness towards that sacred image, and it's a big problem. And it, it is the case that I think if if the, so if the feminists were actually working on behalf of femininity, which is essentially mm. what they claim, that they would be working a hell of a lot harder to elevate the status of mothers, you know, yeah. rather than women. I think that's a really good distinction that you're drawing, even though it seems rather self-evident. It's it's not, and you're not the same once you become a mother. You're a different sort of person. And I also think women who don't have children are rather intimidated and afraid of that, and it, uh, that's perfectly understandable because it is a radical transformation. But I would also say, and I've thought this for years, that you don't actually become mature. You don't actually become an adult until you have children. And I know that that's a statement that irritates the hell out of people, but it's it's something that I stand by. You're not an adult until someone else matters more than you do. And and you know what it is to sac- to make real sacrifices. Yes, exactly. Well, and, 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 well, especially as a mother, you sacrifice yourself as the person of prime importance. Mm. And and yeah. and you know you you do it I suppose happily in some sense because generally you fall in love with your baby relatively rapidly and thank God for that because there are lots mm-hmm. of trouble um, you know I was recounting the story of my daughter and she is trying to she was planning to take a course in biology online this this uh, semester in order to move towards the completion of her degree and we told her last like she said she was overwhelmed when we went and talked to her last night and we told her just to leave it be because mm. the first year is so intense that you're you're completely overwhelmed by it and it's mm. necessary because you want to get your baby off to a good start and get that relationship functioning properly 